What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Sapi. He can be found on Twitter at KyleSapiPFN. Kyle, we are back. Last week, we had some incredibly tough technical issues with our recording software, all that sort of stuff. We got halfway through the podcast, and we're like, oh, nothing's saved. Uh, this isn't working. So we're, But we're back. We're back up. We're here to talk through matchup previews, every single player for every single game. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm ready to get this rolling. We had a higher scoring game last night, so at least there were some fantasy points to be had to start the week. And I think this week's going to be a fun one. Sunday night's a big game, so we're going to – I think we've got a good slate ahead of us, and we're halfway through. This is the halfway point of the fantasy regular season, so we're there. I will take a 31-24 to final score over that Bills and uh, Giants game yeah. from last Sunday night. I will gladly take that. Uh, let's get into recapping here Thursday Night Football, that Jaguars and Saints game. Of course, the Jaguars 31, Saints 24. We could talk through a lot of the individual takeaways and you know all these different things, but I want to focus in here on just one specific player here rather than running through all the stats. Calvin Ridley. In week one, we saw a monstrous performance from Calvin Ridley, and it seemed like my fading him coming into the year was a massive mistake. Like, I was labeling Calvin Ridley as a bust based on where he was going in drafts. I looked like an absolute idiot there in week one. Since that point, it has not been pretty here for Calvin Ridley, including last night, one reception, four or five yards. Where are we ranking Calvin Ridley moving forward from a rest-of-season perspective? Is he now someone that falls outside of the must-start territory? I think he has to at this point. How much different is he than like a Gabe Davis? You know, like that's not the comp we wanted to make coming into the season, but this is going to be his fourth week finishing out outside of the top 60 receivers in half point PPR. The volume's just not there. We've seen it last night. Like they weren't even trying to get him the ball. We saw it some in London. It's like, oh yeah, like I could kind of squint and see two carries on the first couple of drives and a bubble screen here and there. It's like, oh, they're trying to make this a thing. They weren't yesterday. Jamal Agnew got banged up on a kickoff, and they're still feeding him more targets than Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk looks great. Zay Jones isn't even playing right now. So I don't know how this gets better before it gets worse. Obviously, the big play upside is there. That's why I comp him to a guy like Gabe Davis, where he's going to have three games where he goes over 100 yards the the rest of the way. I don't doubt that he has that in his bag. But, man, trying to figure out when those games are coming or when the involvement's even going to be there. It's like, Gabe, you're going to see two targets one week. It might be a 35-yard touchdown. It might not be. And then he'll get eight out of nowhere for no real good reason. So Calvin Ridley is firmly on this flex radar when I thought he was a wide receiver two on a high end coming into the year. One of the things that I'm going to be interested to see when I go back and watch the film on this one, and I kind of saw it at a couple of points last night, and, of course, you don't get all the glimpses from the broadcast here, but... To see, are they doubling Calvin Ridley? Like, were they truly taking away that option? Or was it that Calvin Ridley just wasn't the first read in those and Christian Kirk was wide open, so why not throw it to Christian Kirk? The part that leans me, like, makes me lean towards that that's probably a thing is that they're doubling Calvin Ridley is that you're throwing to Jamal Agnew downfield against Marshawn Lattimore. Like, what what are we doing here? So, like, that's part of the equation where I'm like, I'm interested to see. Because if it isn't that they're not doubling him, Calvin Ridley just isn't involved in the offense whatsoever. That's going to make him fall even further down my rankings. Whereas if it's like, okay, he is being doubled here or there, then that leads me to believe there will be some big performances when they get the single shots, the ISO shots downfield, they'll they'll be looking his way. That's part of where I'm interested to go back and look at the film here. Guys, the NFL keeps moving and Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. Imagine this. Patrick Mahomes' current line is 0.5 passing yards, but wait, there is more. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry. Claim your free play and bonus today with the link right here in your podcast description. Every single player, every single game we are about to get to here, if we do not get uh, go as far in-depth into a player as you would have liked. You can find everything that we are going to discuss here over in the Week 7 Cheat Sheet over at pfnfantasy.com. Right here from Kyle Sapi. analysis, a paragraph analysis on every single player. It's a phenomenal read. You're going to want to go check that out, pfnfantasy.com. Additionally, we are recording this here Friday morning. 
we do not have all of the latest practice reports. We do not have all the latest injury information. Come back on Sunday morning to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash PFN fantasy. We'll be doing some start sit live streams at 11 a.m. and noon Eastern, but news.pfnfantasy.com. This is where our news tracker lives with all the latest news and injury information and what it means for fantasy football. So if you're a little too busy, you can't keep up on everything here, make sure to go over news.pfnfantasy.com. Bookmark that tab here. It is an incredibly valuable resource for you as you set your fantasy football lineups. Last week, we didn't do any against the spread picks or anything like that, obviously with no podcast. So just updating the people here. I am now 38 and 31 on the season. Sapi, you had a roaring week. What would have that been? Five. And you are now 35 and 34 on the season. So we are right there. Let's get into it. Raiders versus the Bears here. Raiders oh. minus two and a half. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one, folks. Uh, no Jimmy Garoppolo. No Justin Fields here, most likely at this point. With all coming down to grip strength for Justin Fields. Fully expect him to miss this game. That means that we are most likely looking at Either Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer, we still do not have clarity on who the starting quarterback is, and Tyson Badgett as the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Let's move into the wide receivers here because Josh Jacobs, you're starting him, and then we still don't have clarity yet on Deonta Foreman, Roshan Johnson, what that backfield situation looks like. Come back on Sunday morning. Let's talk about the wide receivers here, though, and what this means. Let's talk about Las Vegas. Devontae Adams. A little bit of a down performance there this past week. Jacoby Myers continues to roar forward, however, with Aiden O'Connell. Brian Hoyer, what are we doing with these wide receivers? I think you have to downgrade them a little, but with six teams on a bye and so many injuries all over the place, I, I don't think you can bench either one of them. Definitely not Devontae Adams. Still comes with the touchdown equity, still comes with the volume. I'm with all of that. The Myers thing is a little iffy because part of the math coming into the year, and it's proven well so far, is his connection and his skill set and how it lines up with Jimmy G, and I stand by that. So you take him out of the equation – Things could get a little iffy for him. I'm still starting him as a flex. I'm not bumping him into my top 20 or anything like that. But I do think there is more risk involved this week than normal for Jacoby Myers. It's a tough situation because, like you mentioned, six teams on by the wide receiver. We're going to get to it. The rankings this week are atrocious. Like, you rank a player and you're like, man, you go into the week and you're like, oh, yeah, this player is like wide receiver 36. Like, he's not, I'm not starting him whatsoever. No, he's wide receiver 27. So, like, this is just the way that it is. Jacoby Myers, wide receiver 25 on the week for me currently. Devontae Adams at wide receiver 7. Where else are you going to go? Like, you're deciding between Jacoby Myers or Drake London. I'll ask you that question. Would you go Jacoby Myers or would you go Drake London here? Yeah, it's Jacoby for me. I mean, he's got, he's... I have him in the same tier as you do, a low-end wide receiver two, high-end flex, and that could go higher depending on what these 49ers do, if they're healthy, if if Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf get scratched or something like that. So, I mean, he has more mobility up than he does down, and I'm not even confident in this situation. All right, let's talk about DJ Moore here with Tyson Badgen as the quarterback. What are we doing with DJ Moore this week? Because he had been on fire with Justin Fields. Now, obviously, no Justin Fields here this week. Where are you ranking DJ Moore this week? Yeah, you mentioned Drake London, and I think that's about the tier where I'm putting more, and that's outside my top 30. Like, we don't know how this offense is going to function. We saw DJ Moore thrive at times, but he also struggled at times with Justin Fields under center. So they're going to a backup that I'm supposed to blindly trust. I didn't know this guy was a thing in the NFL until 10 days ago. So now that he's starting or projected to start with potentially backup running backs, and no real other target option. That's DJ Moore is going to you. You were worried about Calvin Ridley getting doubled. The hell is DJ Moore right. going to see if they don't throw right. three guys on DJ Moore? Then that's just a that's a coaching issue here. So DJ Moore outside my top 30. I'm finding ways to bench him. If I can, I would slide in Drake London over him. If I can go that route, if it came to it and you needed to put a Rasheed Rice in there, like fine, I'm good with that. Wow. I can see the avenue to more upside in that passing game than what DJ Moore projects for right now. Would you go the one player that I want to circle? And we'll, of course, talk about him when we get to that game. But would you go DJ Moore or Deontay Johnson this week? I've got more two spots higher. So, I mean, it's close. I, in that point, I'm just I'm not comfortable with either quarterback situation. So I'll side with health, I guess, as a tiebreaker there. But again, if I can find an excuse to bench either or both, I am. All right. And then at the tight end position here, Michael Mayer had a great last week, like a great come, you know, like breakout here uh, as far as his First game with fantasy production, but not someone that you are looking to start here with all the quarterback ambiguity and uncertainty there. And then, of course, Cole Komet, I think based on the way that you feel about DJ Moore, Cole Komet has to fall outside the top 12 tight ends, correct? 
Yeah, I I would argue Meyer over Komet if if you're choosing between tight ends in this game for some weird reason. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> for some reason. All right, let's make a pick here. Raiders minus two and a half. Where are you going? It's under a field goal, so give me the Raiders in this spot. They've got they've got two All Pros. At the end of the day, they have Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. The Bears don't. Yep, I will go with the Raiders here as well. Let's move into the Cleveland Browns at the Indianapolis Colts. Browns minus three in this one. It's looking like Deshaun Watson is going to make it back here. He practiced yesterday. We, of course, we thought that he was going to play two weeks ago or three weeks ago and then last week too, and it's just been a whole situation. So let's say if Deshaun Watson does play in this one, are you looking his way? No. I mean, at this point... I, he needs to prove it to me. He didn't look that good when he was healthy. And then he was cleared to play and doesn't play. And then they have a bye week and he's still not playing. It, this situation's too murky for me to feel good about this. And Cleveland's going to win on the back of their defense. They're going to try to pound the ball. They're going to go that direction. They don't need Watson to be special to win games. So I'm not counting on him being special. He's not a top 12 guy for me. And, of course, Gardner Minshew, uh, just putting this out there, you are starting the Cleveland Browns defense here this week in fantasy football. Uh, Jerome Ford is at RB12 on the week here for me. Where does he rank for you? Yeah, and I'm I'm similar. I've got him a top 20 guy. I've got him at 19, and I'm not even that sold on him. Like what we saw from Kareem Hunt cutting into that workload, I think is a real deal, especially if he's cutting in to the carries. We know Kareem Hunt with that 80% career catch rate is a threat out of the backfield. So if this is a split on the ground and then he's – succumbing to hunt in the passing game this could go the wrong way sooner than later but like you said there's no way to get him outside the top 25 I don't care how hard you try you've got him higher than I do but even either way you're starting him this week just because he's he's one of the few guys on the slate that's getting 16 to 18 touches and I feel good about that Yep, it is a volume play, that's for sure. Kareem Hunt here, we saw some signs of life, like you mentioned, here this past week. He's at RB24 on the week here for me. I think that you can look his way, but that is more of an indication of the way that things, the rankings are looking here in Week 7. Where does he land for you? Yeah, I've got him at 26, so same idea. I mean, I think this running game is going to produce to some regard just because we don't trust Watson, and they got to move the ball somehow. I do think they win this game, so they're ahead. Game script, yada, yada, yada. I do think that Kareem Hunt is a thing I don't think he's going away anytime soon I still have Ford as the guy in this backfield but it wouldn't shock Mm -hmm. me if that flipped sooner than later all right talk to me about the Indianapolis Colts backfield what are we doing with Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss see I think Jonathan Taylor is a sneaky DFS play for the week because of the matchup people are going to be afraid they're going to see what Cleveland did last week against San Fran and don't get me wrong this is the best defense in the game. But Jonathan Taylor is pretty darn good, too. And they're starting to move his direction. We saw Zach Moss in week five coming off of a career day, the best game he's ever had. And they're like, OK, forget that. We're splitting you with Jonathan Taylor. We're getting Jonathan Taylor moving right in the back, back in the right direction here. So I've got him as a top 15 guy. I do think you can lock him in and feel decent about it. The efficiency might be a problem, but I don't think the volume or the role will be sooner than later. So give me Jonathan Taylor. It's a nice DFS kind of pivot creative play I I think he's the guy in this backfield Indy kind of showed us our their hand last week yeah for context there I've got Jonathan Taylor at RB 16 on the week and Zach Moss at RB 22 now am I excited to play Zach Moss no however he should see enough work still in this backfield to see to return value there as a top 24 option definitely a risky play though if Indianapolis decides to completely feature Jonathan Taylor which is certainly in the cards let's talk about the wide receiver position here Amari Cooper what are we doing with Amari Cooper after uh, PJ Walker and now we got Deshaun Watson where in the I don't even know where to rank Amari Cooper <laughs> week in a week out yeah he's a tough one I've got him just to, like we're gonna call this DJ Moore line like you're either above it sure. and you kind of can start or you're below it and I don't want any part of you so he's above the DJ Moore line for me because he might have a starting quarterback like it's that pathetic these days he did go over 100 yards last week so I mean there is that but I I can't say I'm confident in this passing game Deshaun Watson gives me a little more hope than the backups there but not much he's clearly the number one guy I guess that that is where he delineates himself and I'm not too concerned about the Colts defense shutting him down so if he gets eight to ten targets maybe one goes for a long play and he gets into the 70 yard bucket and you're praying for a touchdown but even if he goes five for 70 I think that's fine this week I've got Amari Cooper at wide receiver 20 on the week currently and I will say come back for the (laughs) Sunday morning PFN consensus rankings because 
that is going to be a situation where Amari Cooper, based on Deshaun Watson's health and availability, could drop to wide receiver 30, or he could rise even to around the wide receiver 15 range. Uh, it's just a, he's right now as a placeholder. I don't know what to do with Amari Cooper. Elijah Moore has seen the targets here, but not getting it done for fantasy football. I think that he is just a flex option here at best. Let's talk about Michael Pittman Jr. here and Josh Downs. We'll group both of these guys together. It's a very, very tough matchup. What are we doing with these Colts wide receivers? It is, and Pittman only has two finishes better than wide receiver 30 this season. So the upside hasn't been there, but one of those came last week with Gardner Minshew. They aired the ball out plenty. He's still the number one guy. I'm starting him. He's a top 20 guy. Part of that is because of the, the lack of other options here and the consistent volume that I think he will get. The scoring equity is down, but I think the catch floor is there enough to trust him in half and full point PPR situations. Josh Downs is an interesting one. We've seen Gardner Minshew go that direction I mean, he's looking at like a 25% target share this season with Minshew under center. So I think you can kind of get cute if you need to, which in this week you might have to. So <laughs> right. he's on my radar. He's a little below the DJ Moore line, but not by much. I've got Josh Downs at wide receiver 41 right now. That's in half PPR scoring. He moves up in full PPR to Agreed. be a top 36 wide receiver, but... Again, the tough, a very, very tough matchup here against the Cleveland Browns defense, which has been shutting down opposing passing games. And then David Njoku here, still not doing enough to really put himself onto the top 12 tight end radar. Let's make a pick here. Browns minus three. I will let you pick first, my friend. Yeah, I think this, it feels low, which always is, you want to pivot there, but the Browns are too good. Like if they score 24 points, they cover this number. I think they can get there. Yep, I'm going to go Browns as well. Bills at the Patriots here. This line seems ridiculous. Bills minus eight and a half here. Let's talk about Josh Allen. He is expected to be back here for this one, dealing with that injury. He practiced in full on Thursday. We will see him out there. Patriots, I, I, are we starting any Patriots here? Like, can we just roll through the Patriots? Ramondre Stevenson, <laughs> really the only option? Yeah, I mean, he's the only option, and that's because of the week. Like, if I, on a normal week, if I can bench Ramondre Stevenson, I'm kind of looking for it. This offense isn't moving anywhere. If they're playing at a deficit and Mac Jones is – or we don't even know if it's Mac Jones. We don't even know who they're starting, let alone us feeling comfortable starting them. They don't know who they're starting. They're a mess right now. There's obviously nothing in the passing game that you can go to. Ramondre should lead this backfield in touches and coming off a decent game, so I guess – like, I have him ranked as a – low end running back two flex option but that's that's not yep. an indication of any confidence yep yep same thing here for me with Ramondre Stevenson I will say Kendrick Bourne is the only other guy like as far as if you want a volume low upside play and because you are absolutely in a pinch I guarantee Kendrick Bourne is out there on your waiver wire I would look his way as a flex option but again only if you are absolutely desperate let's go back to the bill side of things here james cook where is james cook in the rankings for you up against the new england patriots defense my running back 14 i mean could they look that direction a little bit more with josh allen banged up they could i mean josh allen hasn't been running as it is or not nearly up to Allen's standard so james cook i think comes locked and loaded with a pretty stable role here latavius murray cutting into that a little bit last week and that's going to be a thing but i think there's enough volume to go around and I think they're playing with a lead from the jump in this spot. So James Cook, a fine play for me, running a running a strong running back two for week seven. I've got him exactly at RB14 on the week as well. Let's talk about the wide receivers here. Stephon Diggs, you're obviously starting. Gabe Davis, what are we doing with Gabe Davis? Wide receiver 25 for me. You can put him in there. He scored in three of his last four against the Patriots and did get 17 targets against them last season in a pair of games. So to me, there's enough upside to go there in a tough week to, to rank these receivers. I prefer him to a DJ Moore. These guys with quarterback questions, we at least know his quarterback and we know his role. You can't say that for 25 other receivers this week. Yep. All right. And then at the tight end position here, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, you're not necessarily looking their way either. All right. We flew through that one. Uh, thank you to the New England Patriots offense. Uh, Bills minus eight and a half. Where are you going here? I mean, you have to take the Bills, don't you? I mean, I, I worry that this game is low scoring and ugly, but even if it's even if it's low scoring and ugly, why can't it be 23 to 13? Yep, I'm going Bills here as well. Like I said at the beginning, feels like a very ridiculous spread. I feel like this should be more. Granted, it is a divisional matchup. These games are always low scoring type, mm -hmm. but I mean, 
the Patriots offense can do nothing right now. I will gladly go the Buffalo Bills here to cover eight and a half. Let's go Commanders at the Giants. Another divisional matchup that is always low scoring. Uh, Commanders minus two and a half in this one. Sam Howell. What are we doing with Sam Howell this week in a, again, we've got six teams on by. I think you can start Sam Howell this week. Yeah. I mean, at least 18 fantasy points in four of his last five games. And if he's the guy I keep getting questions on, it's like, should I play Jordan Love or Sam Howell? Should I play Geno Smith or Sam Howell? And Sam Howell's kind of been my answer for every question. And the Giants defense isn't great. And Howell's proven a high floor in it. In a week like this, I'll take high floor at almost every single spot. Like I'll chase upside if you need to, but I think high floor guys kind of get it done in a week with chaos like this and injuries across the board. Yeah, I've got Sam Howell at quarterback 11 on the week here. Yeah. And I know the New York Giants defense, you know, shut down or slowed down Josh Allen this past week, but I'm yeah. not taking a ton away from that. I'm going to look at the larger sample size from the season. I think this is a fine matchup for Sam Howell. Uh, as we look at the running backs here, Brian Robinson, man, he was having a solid performance throughout the first few weeks of the season. The past couple of weeks has kind of fell flat. What are we doing with Brian Robinson? Still, I mean, he's still a top 20 guy for me. He's getting the role. He has the ball-carrying role. Gibson's here and there. He scored last week. Like, it is what it is. Gibson's not going away. But I also don't think he stands to gain much in terms of role. So the snap split from last week scares me. 27-20 in favor of B-Rob. That's not enough. Like, I need a little bit more of a through path. But in a good matchup where we think they're going to be winning, to me, Robinson He's right around running back 20 for me, more appealing in non-PPR than he is PPR, but he's splitting that role with Gibson as well. There's just too many paths for him to succeed for me to rank him much lower than that. Yeah, New York Giants allowing the sixth most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs so far this season. So it is a fine matchup here for Brian Robinson. He is a top 15 play for me because of the projected volume. I was laughing last week watching uh, the live stream that I believe it was you. Got a question about Antonio Gibson. Yeah, like six of them. I can't remember. <laughs> six questions about Antonio Gibson. And it was always like, why are we getting so many questions about Antonio Gibson? This guy's done nothing so far this year. No, you're going the other option only to watch Antonio Gibson find the end zone this past week and as a fantasy analyst just sitting there laughing because I've been in that spot numerous times before I Antonio Gibson this week will be my RB1 in a dynasty league I'm playing Antonio Gibson as my RB1 because of bye weeks and because of the state of that dynasty roster so I'm taking it out like I'm projected for 55 points if that gives you any indication of how great this dynasty roster is we're rebuilding it's fine uh Antonio Gibson here not someone that you were looking at but again desperate times call for Antonio Gibson uh Saquon Barkley here what are we doing with Saquon Barkley that that offensive line in shambles this defensive front I mean but it's Saquon Barkley what are we doing with him yeah I mean I would it shock you if we saw exactly what we saw last week we were joking mid-game he has 18 carries for 32 yards, and we're like, oh, yeah, like he's going to be the, the angle. He's the guy we got to write up and talk about because he's struggling. And two carries later, he's at 90-something rushing yards. Right. And that's what Saquon Barkley is. He's going to hit one, of these two, one or two of these big plays. He seemed healthy enough. Like, am I thrilled about how he runs and being a compromised version of that? No, I'm not. But if he's going to get his 15 to 20 touches, he's Saquon Barkley in this game. As much as we think New York's bad, they should remain competitive in this game. Like, even if Washington, the over-under for this game is like 40. What's Washington okay. going to do? Hang 25 on them and run away and hide? Right. I, don't, I don't think so. So, Saquon's floor is high enough to play him in this spot. Yep, agreed. All right, the wide receivers for the Washington Commanders. It's the time of the week where we talk about what in the world we're doing with them. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson out there holding punts now, uh, which is great for fantasy managers that play in a point-per-hold league. Uh, what are we doing with these wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, he can catch punts, but he can't catch a 52-yard touchdown that he should have had last week. So, I mean, there's that. At least he got the look, but that was his only look. And then he puts it on the ground, and he doesn't see another target the rest of the way. Jahan Dotson, a talented player, a fine dynasty guy, but right, to, right now he doesn't need to be rostered. Curtis Samuel... It's up and down with him. I get that he's been reasonably consistent. I can't get there with him on a consistent basis. He's my wide receiver 34. So if you have to go that direction, I take him. He's right in that DJ Moore. I actually have him one spot ahead of Moore just because we know the role. We know the quarterback. So if we're going that direction, he's one spot ahead of the DJ Moore line, the vaunted DJ Moore line. And then Terry <laughs> McLaurin, wide receiver 23 for me. Better times are ahead, I think. Like, Sam Howell keeps spreading the ball around, but six of his first 13 passes last week did go to McLaurin. Now he spread it out after that, but the fact that the scripted plays were in McLaurin's favor is at least a step in the right direction. 
he's a starter for me this week, partly because there's six teams on a bye. I'm hoping to gain confidence in that moving forward. It definitely was encouraging to see 11 targets for Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. this past week after five the week before, right? So I think we're heading in the right direction. Like you said, Terry McLaurin at wide receiver 23 on the week for me as well. Uh, as we look at the Giants wide receivers, I mean, Wandale Robinson, a fine waiver wire pickup, and you're playing him if you're absolutely desperate in a full PPR format, but not someone that you need to look at in normal leagues. And then Logan Thomas, Darren Waller, what are we doing here with the tight ends? We praised Logan Thomas. The answer to every start sick question in that low end tight end one Terry territory last week was you got to go Logan Thomas and one reception uh what are we doing with Logan Thomas and Darren Waller here yeah I think on the Tuesday stream we're just gonna outlaw Washington commander questions because if I got Gibson wrong seven times and Logan Thomas (laughs) wrong another eight like I'm just punting on this team I will recant myself from anything Washington commanded on Sunday at noon check out the live stream so I I've got him just outside my top 12 I still think the thought process behind Logan Thomas makes sense but Sam Howell spreads the ball around in such a way and if Terry McLaurin's finally going to earn targets at an alpha level then that really makes Logan Thomas a thin play on an offense that we don't think is going to score enough Darren Waller for me is a top 10 guy but that's mainly because he plays the tight end position and he's the number one option on an offense I I don't really care how bad the offense is at that position he's going to get his targets he's going to get some opportunity he's at least going to be on the field running routes Saquon Barkley the presence of him I do think requires some defensive attention that opens up some some upside for Darren Waller would you go Johnny Smith over Logan Thomas this week your guy Johnny Smith no I wouldn't I, I I'm against the idea of betting on two tight ends in Atlanta I, I just am like I can't wrap my head around it so I can't rank it that way Oh, he's a top 10 tight end Sophie. he's a top 10 tight end all right let's make a pick here commanders minus two and a half where are you going Give me the commanders. I, I feel like I'm taking too many favorites here. That'll probably pivot with time. But uh, yeah, no, I think they're they're a field goal to seven points better. That's enough. I want to deviate from you at some point, but all of these picks are like, no, I'm not picking the Giants. Right. I'm not picking the Patriots. Like, I'm not doing it. So I'm going to go commanders here as well. Falcons versus the Buccaneers here. Let's go to the quarterback position. Desmond Ritter, Baker Mayfield are either of them within the streaming radar. No. No, they're not. But Desmond Ritter does have as many top 10 weeks this season as Patrick Mahomes. So there's that. That's depressing. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, running backs, Bijan Robinson, you are certainly getting into your starting lineup. Tyler Algier, if you're desperate, you can look his way. But outside of the top 24 running backs, surely on the week, Rashad White. Let's talk about Rashad White here this week. Volume play, and you're hoping that he finds the end zone, right? Where does he land in the rankings for you? Yeah, no, I think you've got that about right. And we see it eye to eye on some of these guys. And I feel like we're saying a lot of volume plays, so he plays. But that's that's all you need this week. Like, if you, I know you don't get points for touches, but opportunities get you there. And in a week where we've got committees like Pittsburgh, you've got committees like Baltimore, guys where I don't really want to play either one of them. So when there's teams that don't have one viable back, that puts a guy like Rashad White just de facto up in the ranks he's has one week better than a top 20 finish this season and i'm not even 100 percent sure he makes it two this week but the idea and the floor that he provides is enough i agree with you top 20 yep i've got him tucked right inside that top 20 at running back 19 on the week as we look at the wide receivers here drake london i mean i gotta give it to him like if desmond ritter is going to throw the ball as much as he has been lately drake london belongs in starting lineups correct i agree it's just how confident are you in that? I mean, he's got back-to-back right. top 25 finishes. He was wide receiver seven last week. Like, he's trending in the right direction. But we could see this go sideways in a hurry if Desmond Ritter turns back into a pumpkin and isn't throwing for 300 yards every game. You know, like, I mean, there's a certain path to downside that terrifies me. But, like, we keep saying it's it's a tough week. I've got him as a top 35 play. I'm not into locking him into lineups quite yet, but he's definitely moving in the right direction. Right. The part that concerns me is if Atlanta does ever play with a lead, right? If they do ever play with a lead, they're never throwing the ball. They will never throw the ball. So that is the concern here where Drake London is completely game script dependent, right? Where you've got to get where Atlanta is playing from behind and they are airing the ball out to play catch up. That's where you're going to get the target volume here where you've seen the target totals for Drake London in the past two weeks where he's had solid top 24 fantasy finishes. 9 and 12 each of those two games. Oh, yeah. If Atlanta goes up big here in the, you know, Bijan Robinson rips off a long run to start the game and they score again quickly and Baker Mayfield turns the ball over or whatever, 
Drake London's end of the game with three targets. You know, like it's just it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. So there is still some risk. I've got him at wide receiver twenty nine on the week though because there is the path for yep. upside. But and again, tough week, but definitely some downside there with Drake London. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, based on the wide receiver landscape, I'm assuming that you're playing both of them as top 24 plays. Yeah, feel fine about that. Mike Evans, the scoring equity is there with the role given Baker Mayfield's skill set, and Chris Godwin's floor is high enough to justify starting him every week. All right, let's go to the tight end position here where I will give you another opportunity to get your ranking for Johnny Smith correct. Uh, Kyle Pitts and Johnny Smith, where are we ranking them? See, I can't podcast and adjust my rank, so it's not changing right now, and it's not Uh, changing until you give me a better sell job. I mean, we're talking Kyle Pitts. I have him ranked ahead of Johnny Smith. I still think this offense can only produce one tight end. I'm not sure they can produce two pass catchers, let alone two tight ends, but we saw Kyle Pitts get in the end zone last week for the first time in 350 days, and... Back-to-back top 10 finishes. I get that it can be underwhelming at times, if not all the time, but it doesn't take much at this position. And he's got a 58% edge on Smith in ADOT. So if I'm targeting upside at the position, which I have to do because there's no such thing as a floor at the tight end position, give me Kyle Pitts as a top 10 guy and over Johnny. Hey, I will argue that Johnny Smith has provided a pretty nice floor there for recently at the tight end position. He's done it. Uh, I will give people a warning, though. Uh, Kyle Pitts has been on my bench in my dynasty league over the past six weeks. I don't think I've played him once this season. I am starting him here this week. So if it all goes south, it is because I decided to play Kyle Pitts uh, in my starting lineup here in this dynasty league. Just giving people a fair warning there. Let's make a pick. Bucks minus two and a half. I'm going the Bucks here in this one. Where are you going? I'm with you. I mean, they they get a lead. The one thing they can do is stop the run. The one thing Atlanta wants to do is run the ball. So this is a bet against Ritter, and I'm happy to do that. I think that we have matched our pick every single game so far. I'm yep, terrified. we are going to need to we are going to need to deviate here at some point. Uh, Lions at the Ravens. Ravens minus three in this one. Jared Goff going up against a very very stout. Baltimore Ravens secondary that is allowing, I believe, just ten fantasy points per game to the quarterback position here. Is Jared Goff a top 12 quarterback this week? He's not for me. I mean, this is the second best defense in terms of yards per play. You've got Jared Goff going outside, and I get that he got it done last week. I'm not banking on it. His worst QB metrics game this season came at home without David Montgomery. It seems like David Montgomery not going to be active for this one. I worry about their stability and their their ability to run the ball and open things up for Jared Goff in this past game. Not a top 12 guy. I'm happy to go other directions. You've got plenty of options out there. Jordan Love, I prefer. Sam Howell, who we talked about earlier, I prefer. Brock Purdy in a bounce back spot. I prefer all those guys to go to Goff this week. Would you go Jared Goff or would you go Russell Wilson up against the Green Bay Packers? I've got Russ. He's had the mini buy, multiple touchdown passes in every home game this season. Give me Russ in that spot. Would you go Jared Goff or would you go Kirk Cousins up against yeah. the San Francisco 49ers? I knew that was coming. I've got him 16-17. I've got Cousins 16, Goff 17. So technically I go Cousins, but man, I, I think you – I'd be shocked if there wasn't a better option on your wire than either one of the NFC North guys. Matthew Stafford, I prefer. He's on a lot of waiver wires. I'm I'm very confused. We differ in rankings a lot so far this week. I'm confused who you have above because I have Jared Goff at quarterback 12 on the week and I have wow. Kirk Cousins at 15. Like I am wondering who you're putting in above. Are you putting in Joshua Dobbs above Jared Goff? Like who is ranked in that? Yeah, he's 15. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, I'm not going Joshua Dobbs there. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move to obviously Lamar Jackson. You are starting here because of his upside in what he presents. The running back position here for Detroit. David Montgomery out for this one most certainly jameer gibbs i don't know if he's going to make it back uh and craig reynolds put fear into our hearts here after recommending him as a solid waiver yeah, wire edition and then wednesday yeah. was a dnp and i was just like ah um so thankfully he looks like he is going to be able to play here in this one what are we doing here with this detroit Lions backfield let's assume that jameer gibbs plays and you got craig reynolds in this one as well yeah, if Jameer Gibbs plays, he's the guy I prefer. He had 17 carries the game David Montgomery missed. Not that I think he'll get that kind of workload, but 15 to 17 touches seems perfectly reasonable. And if, you know, it's a tough spot, I get it, but you're going to run out of options quick. I've got him at running back 22 right now, and that might sound high, but like you said earlier, you know what running back 22 is? It's one spot ahead of Gus Edwards, who I have no confidence in this <laughs> game for. So, I mean, it is what it is here. Jameer Gibbs at least has... The potential. We know the upside is there, even if we haven't seen it at the NFL level. Everything from the college scouting and everything that direction 
points to him having upside. This offense needs some semblance of a running or short passing game to have any success in this spot. Jameer Gibbs, assuming he's good to go, which we kind of expect at this point, a fringe RB2 for me. Yep, I've got him at 21 on the week. Where does Craig Reynolds rank for you? I've got him right now at RB29, and that is still with a sort of like, I, I, it's a placeholder because we still don't have a ton of clarity on this backfield. So where does he rank for you? You have 21 and 29 for the Detroit backs? Yeah. I've got 22 and 30. <laughs> All right, there we go. <laughs> safe to say we see this the same. Yep. Uh, Craig Reynolds, a volume play, someone that you can roll out there if you are in a pinch, but not someone that we are viewing as a bell cow option, someone that you are plugging in there because he's going to be a, a, a solid fantasy play. You mentioned where you got Gus Edwards. I've got Gus Edwards a little bit further down the board. I've got him at RB30 on the week. I do not have confidence in Gus Edwards in a very, very tough matchup up against the Detroit Lions, but fantasy managers are probably going to have to play him. Where's the What's the outlook here for Edwards in this one? Yeah, I mean, I think Edwards, you need a touchdown, and Justice Hill, you need four catches. I, I don't, I'm not overly confident that either happens in either spot. If I have to bet on one over the other, it would be Edwards getting a short, cheap touchdown where Detroit, you know, like an RPO where they buy on Lamar and Edwards gets the score, something cheap like that. I don't think it's pretty. I prefer Jimmy, I, I prefer Detroit's starting running back over Baltimore's this week, regardless of how injuries play out. Yep, I would agree with that. Amon Ross St. Brown is into your starting lineups. What about Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams? How are we viewing these Detroit Lions wide receivers here? I, I just don't think you can get there with either one of them. We mentioned the tough matchup. I'm down on golf more than you are, but Josh Reynolds' targets are going in the wrong direction. Seven, six, five, five, three. And Jamison Williams, I get that he can make the big contested play. We haven't seen him earn targets anywhere near a reasonable, a passable level here. So there's there's 40 guys I prefer over Jameer, or Jamison Williams this week. I've got Josh Reynolds at wide receiver 44 on the week, and then Jamison Williams even further down. I'm not there with Williams yet. Reynolds, I think, has been yeah. doing enough and providing a decent enough floor where I think you can look his way. But again, it is a tougher matchup. So I think that you have better options available elsewhere. Zay Flowers, I think at this point is into your starting lineups as a top 24 wide receiver, uh, right into that low end wide receiver two territory. Don't think there's a ton to break down there necessarily from that one. Sam Laporta, Mark Andrews, both into starting lineups as top five options. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, this week and the rest of the way. Yep. All right. Let's make a pick here. Ravens minus three. Where are you going here? All right. We're going to get to pick different here. So who do you want? All right. I want the Lions. I think the, I think the Lions Deal. should be favored in this game, personally. Oh, wow. Okay. We might have a real life bet on this one, then. All right. You're going Ravens there? Yeah. I was going to... If you were going to say the Ravens, I was going to be willing to give you more points, but you didn't, so I'm not... <laughs> Nope, I will go Lions here. Uh, let's go Steelers versus the Rams here. Rams minus three in this one. Matthew Stafford, based on the quarterback landscape, is a top 10 quarterback for me this week here. Uh, let's go to the running back situation here. Obviously, coming off of a bye, talked about this on the Wednesday podcast with Sam Holt and Derek Tate, talking about the backfield here in Pittsburgh. And coming off of that bye week, if we do see a change here, please, a change in offensive philosophy and play calling and what this offense sort of looks like. And if they get Jalen Warren more involved, what are we doing here with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren? Yeah, I think if you can't ask me Washington questions, Pittsburgh running back <laughs> questions might be next on that list for things that I'm not allowed to answer. Because I think I've had Warren ranked ahead of Harris for like a month now, and it, it really hasn't worked. Not that Harris is any great shakes either, but I'm going back to it. I have Warren a few spots higher. I do think they're playing from behind in this one, and that puts Warren in a spot. I mean, he's on pace for over 70 catches. Only three running backs got to that total last season. So the roll in half and full point PPR is significant, and I think he can get it done on the ground when given the opportunity. So if they're splitting, it's kind of like the Kareem Hunt role. If he can split the groundwork and get all the passing work, to me, that's a viable option. Kareem Hunt not there yet. I'm hoping Warren gets there this week. You mentioned Jalen Warren on pace for 70 catches. Uh, Alvin Kamara currently on pace for Holy 700. Um, <laughs> Najee Harris at RB23 on the week for me. Jalen Warren at RB25. Both are fine options that you can look at, but I'm really, really intrigued. I'm going to be watching this one closely to see what the split is here in this one and if we do see Jalen Warren even more involved. Uh, as we look at the running back situation here for the Los Angeles Rams, uh, I've been asked numerous times this week by our boss uh, who is going to be the starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams. And my answer every single time is, how am I supposed to know that? 
Zach Evans, right. Royce Freeman, Miles Gaskin, Daryl Henderson, all involved here with Kyron Williams out with an ankle injury. Ronnie Rivers placed on IR off the top of my head. I believe that. Yes, I believe that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, are, can you look Zach Evans's way or is this a like avoid this at all costs? I mean, come on. He's going to be on the field. So I guess if you're in a deep league and you're really stuck with deep benches and all that stuff. I guess you could, but the fact that we don't know who of these middling average to below average running back is going to be carrying the ball in an offense that loves to pass to their two guys 70% of the time. So why would I, why would I waste my time handing the ball to insert, create a player instead of trying to get a target to Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua who see, like I said, 71% of the targets over the last two weeks. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. So unless they're playing with a huge lead and you think they garbage time their way into this, I've got Zach Evans at Running back 37, I feel like I might be too high. I've got guys like A.J. Dillon ahead of him. And A.J. Dillon's three yards a carry in a backup role. And I prefer A.J. Dillon in this spot to him. Well, hey, A.J. Dillon goes up against the Denver Broncos. So 20 carries for 150 (laughs) yards and two touchdowns and coming from A.J. Dillon. Uh, Zach Evans, I, I was not a big fan of his college tape. Uh, he has the athleticism, obviously a five-star recruit coming out of high school and just has not lived up to that expectation throughout his time, either at Ole Miss or TCU. I am not a big believer in the talent here. I don't then also think that that means that he's instantly getting the work here with Royce Freeman, with Miles Gaskin. Like they signed Miles Gaskin off of the practice squad of the Vikings to the active roster. Like he is going to play and obviously familiarity with this scheme. So I think... Uh, yeah, I'm staying away if I can here. I think there are better options available for you. The wide receivers here, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson coming off of IR here most likely for this one. What are we doing with the wide receivers here for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think Pickens is fine and he's still the number one threat here. Deontay Johnson comes below the DJ Moore line. That's just not a spot I want to be. If I can avoid it, I'm going to. We don't know that the health is 100% there. And you're telling me you want a compromised wide receiver two in a Kenny Pickett-led offense. That's a tough sell to me. The Rams have been good against wide receiver twos this week, which is what, or this season, which is what I'm labeling Johnson as. This week, you look at guys like Devonta Smith, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett, all guys that are better. They combined for under four yards per target against this secondary. So Deontay's a bench for me. Uh, you said a Kenny Pickett led offense there. I believe that needs an asterisk also, or like an, a, an amendment, uh, addendum, whatever the word would be of Kenny Pickett led offense with play calling from Matt Canada. So I think that that is also the, the addition that needs to be added there. Uh, George Pickens at wide receiver 27 on the week here for me, Deontay Johnson at wide receiver 31. I would love to wait a week and see how Deontay Johnson looks here, but I mean, you may not have a better option. Uh, that's kind of the way that I'm looking at that from a rankings perspective. Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua into starting lineups here. I know Puka had a down performance here. His first one off his NFL career <coughs> was inches away from finding the end zone too this past week. I'm not concerned. You're playing Puka Nakua here this week. At the tight end position, Tyler Higby, Pat Fryermuth, still a little bit banged up here. I don't believe that either should be in your starting lineup here this week. Rams, minus three. I am going to go with the Rams here to cover in this one. Where are you going? Yeah, I think this goes one of two ways. The Rams steamroll them or Mike Tomlin off a bye does Mike Tomlin things and wins this game late. I'm going to go with the Rams, but yeah, not my most confident pick. I was about to say, you seem supremely confident in that selection. Uh, Cardinals versus the Seahawks here. We are rolling and I love it. Seahawks minus seven and a half in this one. Uh, As we look at the quarterback position here. I mean, you mentioned Joshua Dobbs. Quarterback 15 on the week here for you or wherever you said you got him. Like, can you look his way in this? I mean, play favorable matchup. In theory, you could. I mean, Seattle's got the worst red zone defense in the league, so maybe he gets a cheap touchdown that way. But quarterback 15, as bad as this week is with buys, that's not that bad with quarterback. So I still think you can do better on your wire. We just talked about Stafford. I prefer him. We talked about Howell earlier. Pretty sure I like him more. And I like both quarterbacks in the Packers-Broncos game over Dobbs. So... Yeah, I mean, if you're stuck, like really, really stuck, it's not a bad play. I prefer him to Goff and Cousins and those guys, but I think you can do better. Uh, Yeah, it helps when two of the six teams that are on by are the Tennessee Titans and Carolina Panthers. So it's Ryan, you're losing Ryan Tannehill and Bryce Young. It's like the last two quarterbacks for fantasy football just fall off the rankings here. doesn't make a big impact there. Joshua Dobbs at quarterback 17 on the week for me. I would be going with Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff over him, but... It's into one massive tier there. Uh, as we look at the running backs here, let's talk about, or and Geno Smith, a top 10 option. I mean, if we're talking about Joshua Dobbs as quarterback 15, Geno Smith is a top 10 option for me. The running back position here for the Arizona Cardinals. What are we doing here 
Keonta Ingram, Amari Di Mercado, should fantasy managers be looking either of their way? Ingram if you have to, but no. I, I'm not going this direction if I don't absolutely have to. And I understand that there's a situation in which you do absolutely have to. So, you know, more power to you that way. But I've got Ingram the highest in this backfield. And he's my running back 34. Like, I've got him behind Latavius Murray. Murray at least split the carries yep. in an offense we trust here. Keontae Ingram it seemed like their option over DeMarcado after they had a week to kind of digest the James Conner injury and figure things out from that direction. And Derek Tate was ahead of the field on that one. So props to him, but still can't get inside my top 30. Yeah, I've got Keonta Ingram right now at RB37. So I think that there are better options. Uh, we mentioned A.J. Dillon. Like, I'd be going A.J. Dillon. I would mm -hmm. be going Craig Reynolds over uh, Keonta Ingram here. Agreed. Imari DeMarcado, not on the radar. Kenneth Walker. With Christian McCaffrey a little bit banged up here, Kenneth Walker is currently the RB1 on the week for me in my overall Week 7 rankings. Uh, I'm assuming that we are just getting him locked into starting lineups here in this matchup. Correct me if I'm wrong there. But otherwise, at the wide receivers, we got Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore, Michael Wilson here for the Arizona Cardinals. How are we approaching this wide receiver core? If we like Josh Dobbs as a decent option this week, are we, is that carrying over to the wide receiver position? It is a little bit. I mean, we saw Marquise Brown with the three top 20 finishes in a row prior to the dud last week. So he's a top 20 guy for me again this week. Probably more of a indictment on the position as a whole this week than anything that it is that I prefer in Brown. I still think he's a high risk, high reward type, even though the ADOT and everything's coming down a little bit. But I mean, four catches for 34 yards, another game like that wouldn't shock me. But if they're going to throw a touchdown pass, it's probably going to Hollywood because we know Zach Ertz doesn't do that. And the other options, like Michael Wilson had the one big week. Rondo Robinson is like a poor man's Curtis Samuel. So, I mean, there's there's not a lot to like here. And if they're playing from behind, like the game script would suggest, yeah, I think he gets there. I, I'm not thrilled about having to play him, but I wouldn't have been thrilled about drafting him a month and a half ago either. Right. So, Hollywood, if, you're, if you got him, you play him. Uh, I will. The reason why I bring up Rondell Moore and Michael Wilson is because we do have Kyler Murray returning to practice. Now, that does not mean that he is set to return to the lineup anytime soon. However, returning right. to practice may be available here soon. If you have space on your bench, pick up and stash either one of those guys that is available. I think that we could see some solid performances here from Rondell Moore and Michael Wilson moving forward. On the other side of the ball, DK Metcalf missing practice on Wednesday uh, with his rib injury. I have not seen the practice report from yesterday, so I'm not sure exactly if he returned, but he's been banged up since week two against Detroit so and has played every single week, so I'm assuming that he is locked into your starting lineup. Tyler Lockett dealing with a limited practice on Wednesday, dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, if Tyler Lockett is fully healthy, is he in the starting lineups as a top 24 wide receiver? I've got him at 22. Yeah, I mean, the, the weird part in all of this, and I don't know if this is predictive. I Actually, I know it's not predictive, but it's at least a story to tell. Five yards per target for DK Metcalf over his career against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I don't know if they have some kind of DK radar here that allows them to shut down the beast that is DK Metcalf, but if they have the cheat code, if they have something there, then that opens up Tyler Lockett to see more volume and potentially more value in each and every target. Again, I don't think that's overly predictive, but it's worth noting. I do think Tyler Lockett's a fine, safe play. Again, wide receiver 22 for me. And we talked about Jackson Smith and Jigba on the Monday Waiver Wire podcast. A fine pickup and stash here, but not someone that you were looking to play just yet. At the tight end position, Zach Ertz was a solid and safe option there for a few weeks. And since that point, has kind of been all over the place and just kind of a lackluster option. So what are we doing with Zach Ertz here? Is it time to move on to a different option? If you are got we it? sure? Yeah, I mean, are we sure he's the tight end one on his own team for much longer? I, I, I don't know. And if that's going to be a question for a guy that lacks upside here... I, there you go. I'll rank them below Johnu Smith this week for you. How's that sound? <laughs> All right, that's better. Uh, Seahawks minus seven and a half. Where are you going here? See, I got a Curry favor. I got to take it where I can get it here. I'll take the points here. Arizona keeps everything way closer than we think they will. So this is a one-score game coming down to the wire. Oh, man. I was kind of leaning Cardinals there, but I'm going to differ from you. I'm going to go Seahawks here in this one to cover minus seven and a half. Oh, I don't feel great about that. Green Bay Packers at the Denver Broncos. Packers minus one here in this one. I'm just going to phrase it this way. For the Green Bay Packers, who aren't we starting? Who aren't we starting? I, I don't think I'd go Romeo Dobbs's way, Dubs, if I, if I can help it. I feel good about Watson coming off the bye. You should feel good about Aaron Jones. 
coming off the bye again. Should be yes. healthy, hopefully, after the missed game. A.J. Dillon, we said, I mean, I don't love him, but it's a great matchup and is ahead of some of these other committee situations. We at least know he's probably getting his 12 touches and that carries some touchdown equity in this spot. And Jordan loves my quarterback 12. Luke Musgrave, also a top 12 tight end. So pretty much if you have a Packer, you're starting him. I, yep. That's the reason why I asked it is up against this Denver Broncos defense. Do we yeah. need to spend a ton of time breaking it down to say, if you've got him, you start him. I agree with you though. Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed are outside of the starting radar, I think. But again, if you're in a pinch, there are worse options up against this defense. Uh, on the Denver side of things here, Russell Wilson, we talked about where he is ranked earlier as a high-end QB2, uh, low-end QB1 there for both of us. Outside of that, Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin, and Samaj Piran, I guess. Like, What are we doing with this Denver Broncos backfield? Can we start Williams, McLaughlin with confidence now that Williams is back fully healthy? What do we do with this backfield? I mean, with confidence is probably a little strong. I've got them both outside my top 20, but inside my top 30. So that kind of tells you where I'm at with these guys. Not much different than how we were talking about the Lions backs or the Ravens backs. Like these committee backfields all kind of find themselves in the same area in my ranks just because you don't know where it's such a hot hand situation where either running back could garner 65% of the touches. You just have no way of knowing that going in. So you kind of have to project it 55-45 or something like that. We did see McLaughlin get the first carry of last week. He held the snap edge. He held the route edge, all that good stuff. And he looks the part, but I still think Javante is the guy that they want to feature if they have their druthers. They've had a week and a half to get ready for this game. So I do have Javante a little bit higher, but neither is in my must-start territory by any means. Would you go Javante Williams? And we haven't even gotten to this game yet, but Javante Williams or Alexander Madison up against the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, I get the idea with Madison being in a tough spot, but he's three spots higher for me just because there's not that competition. I'm more afraid of McLaughlin than I am Cam Akers. Would you go Javante Williams or, uh, I just had it, Jalen Warren up against the Los Angeles Rams that we just talked about? Ooh, that's a good one. I have Williams a few spots higher. Again, Yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, you with me there? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Williams just a couple spots higher there. I do think that the upside, or at least the path for touches, is more secure for Javante Williams than it is for Jalen Warren. At the wide receiver position here, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims needs to get the ball more. But Jerry George, uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, what are we doing here with these wide receivers? Marvin Mims does only need to get the ball more. He needs to be on the field more to start here. Like That's I don't true. know. That's true. They're playing him as like the wide receiver four. The upside is there with him. I I understand the. Th- through but right now he's Jamison Williams like is it any different than that he can't earn targets he's not on the field the single play upside is there and I guess that's appealing in a week like this but not for me I agree with you he's off my radar I've got both Judy and Sutton outside my top 24 this week they're both in the same general flex range so they're viable but I don't know where these targets are going Judy doesn't seem content in Denver Sutton's looked fine at moments but I'm not confident in any part of this passing game. Yes, I understand that they had a week and a half to prepare. Yes, I understand that Russ has thrown multiple touchdown passes at home in every game this season. So if I have to go one over the other, it's Judy over Sutton, but not by much. Are they above the DJ Moore line? They are. They are the very important. DJ Moore comes in at 35, Sutton 33, Judy 30. So we can almost call this the Bronco and DJ Moore line here. Oh, no, let's just keep it DJ Moore line. I like that. Uh, let's go Packers minus one here in this one. Where are you going? Packers by a boatload. Come on. Coming off the bye against the Broncos defense and overachieved. I'm going to say 30 to 13 Packers. Yeah. The, whew, okay. Uh, yeah, this this spread doesn't make sense to me. Uh, it's the Denver Broncos defense. I'm going to go Packers here as well. Chargers versus the Chiefs here in this one. Chiefs minus five and a half. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, Justin mm. Herbert into starting lineups, Patrick Mahomes into starting lineups, Austin Eckler into starting lineups, Isaiah Pacheco in this matchup into starting lineups, uh, Keenan Allen into starting lineups. I found a player that we can talk about, Joshua Palmer. What are we doing with Joshua Palmer here in this one as he is not in that must-start territory, but I like him this week. I like him most weeks. He looked good last week. He had a handful of catches called back because of penalties, so the final stat line could have been even better. And for those wondering at home, I do have him above the DJ Moore line. So Palmer is a viable option in a flex game that we think this game could flirt with 50 total points. Quentin Johnston isn't a thing right now. Will that change with time? Maybe, but you would have thought it would have changed after the bye week if it was going to be a thing in 2023. So for me, Palmer, a fine play this week. 
Yep. I We talked about him on the Start Sit podcast as well, where I was saying, Joshua Palmer, in a week where you need upside, you need these players to help, you know, some deficiencies at the running back position, whatever the case may be. Joshua Palmer at wide receiver 28 on the week here for me. I think that he does have plenty of upside here this week. I will give you the floor. I will just hand it to you, my friend, and say, are you starting Rasheed Rice this week? I am. I, I'm until proven otherwise. Not that you really need to give me six teams on a bye to justify starting Rasheed Rice, but yeah, I'm doing them. He, I have him over Palmer this week. I've got both his fringe top thirty guys. So it's, it's. Don't get me wrong. This isn't Jacoby Myers from the preseason here, but I do have Rasheed Rice as the top target earner in this wide receiver room and an offense we trust in a spot that we think they score thirty points. Like I don't, I don't really understand the counter argument other than okay, maybe he's not playing a full complement of snaps or the target count hasn't been great, but you can't tell me with what you've seen that he doesn't look the part and everything's trending in the right direction in a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. So yeah, for like the fourth week in a row, I'm starting Rasheed Rice in my flex position. Uh, you finally got the Gerald Everett call right last hey week. Now. Are you going back into that? Are you going back to that well here this week? I mean, if you want to, sure. How lucky do you feel? Even with a game in which he scores, you still got freaking Darnold Parham getting all the in-close usage. He's six foot eight. I get all of that. Yeah, I mean, you can. He's a top 15 guy for me, but I don't have him ranked like seven or anything. He's not. He's firmly in the middle of tight end streamers, like 14 other guys. Uh, we'll do the Johnu Smith line. Is Gerald Everett above the Johnu Smith line for you? Just because it means we're going head to head, I'll slide him up right now. I'll make the move in my ranks as we speak. Gerald Everett, one spot over Johnu Smith. Oh, Gerald Everett, Johnu Smith bet. I love it. I'm gonna get some easy money here this week. Uh, Chiefs minus five and a half here in this one. I'm, again, I can't wait to watch this game. Where are you going here? I mean, I have this rule: anything over a field goal, you take the points in all Charger-oriented games. So I don't care. Who they're playing or what the where they're playing, the Chargers are getting over a field goal, so I'm taking the Chargers. All right, I will go the Chiefs here in this one. I believe that this defense, the Kansas City Chiefs, are going to be able to dice up. I will go with the Chiefs here. Uh, Dolphins versus the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Eagles minus two and a half here. Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts are into starting lineups here this week. Raheem Mostert. I will pause and talk about Raheem Mostert because there is the potential that we do get Jeff Wilson back for this game. So. If Jeff Wilson does return, are you still confidently starting Raheem Mostert? Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, Jeff Wilson isn't exactly the beacon of health in his own right. So even if he's back, how much are they really going to unleash him here? I think you could be looking at his workload could be something like what Jamal Williams was last night. Like you're looking at a minimal role here, maybe some touchdown equity. I He's more of a long-term concern for me once this turns into a three-headed backfield with A-chan coming back and all that good stuff. So to me, right now, Mostert, Locked and loaded, you you can't bench him at this point. No, I do have concerns with Raheem Mostert and this matchup up against the Philadelphia Eagles sure. defense, and that equates to Raheem Mostert being RB5 on the week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So still getting him into starting lineups here. Lock him in. Uh, on the other side of the ball here, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, is he locked in at this point as a top 12 option? Yeah, I've actually got him ahead of Mostert this week. I've got them 10-11 in my rank, so I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I don't see how you get off of him. The only concern is Jalen Hurts' propensity to score inside the five-yard line by himself, but, you know, you take the good with the bad. I'm starting a full-time workload running back in an offense that's projected for almost 30 points this week. Yeah, Raheem Mostert at RB5 on the week. DeAndre Swift at RB6 on the week here for me. Oh, These two go. teams are very, very similar as far as from a fantasy perspective and as more. far as the 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 lack of depth and other players that we have to talk about. It is the top two wide receivers and that's pretty much it here. Obviously, with Dallas Goddard, we'll talk about him in a second. And then, obviously, at the wide receiver position, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, A.J. Brown, they're all in the starting lineups because of the upside that they present. I did want to pause and talk about Devontae Smith, though, because it has not been super pretty here for Devontae Smith recently, but you can't bench him, right? Yeah, no, I don't think he can, but he's only got 50 receiving yards over the last couple of weeks with 16 targets. Like, that's just not efficient enough. It was a squeaky wheel situation with A.J. Brown when he complained about the targets in week three or four, whatever it was. And he's just been rattling off 125 plus yard games ever since. Does Smith get that treatment eventually? I don't know, but we'll see. You have to put him in though. I don't think AJ Brown is that far ahead of him where this is a situation where Smith is unrecoverable or a bench situation. I, 
what I find interesting this year is that these wide receiver twos that we thought would be locked top 15 guys have all kind of struggled to do that. T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, we all thought they'd be wide receiver two on right. their own team, but very viable, very live to start every single week. And none of them have really provided that this season. So it's something to watch moving forward, but nothing to act on. I mean, I have my concerns about Devontae Smith, but he's still wide receiver 13 in yeah. my rankings just because of the upside and what he presents here in this offense in a game that could easily push, you know, over 50 points as far as an over-under. Uh, as we look at the tight end position, Dallas Goddard into starting lineups here. Eagles minus two and a half. Where are we going? I'll take the birds at home. No Philadelphia teams lose at home right now. Like, that's just how this rolls. I've, I'm not worried about giving a few points in a game that's going to be high scoring. Oh, man. Okay, I will differ. I'll go Dolphins here in this one. I will go Dolphins. All right, final game of the week here. San Francisco 49ers at the Minnesota Vikings. 49ers minus seven for this one. Brock Purdy, a little bit of a stinker here uh, this past week up against the Cleveland Browns defense, but it's a great defense, and now he gets a favorable matchup here up against the Minnesota Vikings. Purdy's a top 10 quarterback in the rankings for me. What about you? Yeah, quarterback nine. I wrote him up in our best bets article, so go check that out on PFN Betting. The Purdy's just going to be all over the place for me. He's going to be in my same game parlays. He's going to be in my fantasy lineups. He's going to be in my DFS lineups if you're playing the Monday night showdown slate. So there's just no way about it. I, as down as I was going into last week, that was matchup based. It was nothing Purdy has done. Obviously, the injuries to his playmakers is a minor concern here, but I think he should have plenty of success in this good spot. And we talked about Kirk Cousins a little bit earlier. Kirk Cousins at quarterback 15 on the week here for me. I'm concerned about the matchup. I'm concerned about the offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings up against the defensive front of the 49ers here. But, I mean, with no Justin Jefferson as well, obviously playing a massive role in that where Cousins ranks. So, Cousins, a fine streaming option. But I'd be looking at Jordan Love, Sam Howell, Brock Purdy, Agreed. all above Kirk Cousins here this week. Christian McCaffrey and the running back 49er or running back situation for the 49ers here. So as we're recording here on Friday, obviously this is the Monday night game. So we are hoping that we get clarity about this backfield here and the status of Christian McCaffrey on Sunday. So again, another opportunity to plug the live streams of what we do on YouTube, youtube.com slash PFN fantasy, sure. 11 a.m. noon Eastern. You guys are going to want to come and check out the inf latest information here for injury updates and ask your start sick questions for Derek Tate and Kyle Sapi. Christian McCaffrey, Missing practice day-to-day -day with his oblique injury is the way that they are labeling it. So let's play this. Christian McCaffrey, if he plays, we're obviously starting Christian McCaffrey, even if he's not at 100%. What do we do if Christian McCaffrey does not play here and we get that clarity on Sunday? First of all, if he plays, I'm not entertaining the idea of playing a secondary back. I understand that he could be limited and that you might try to squint and talk yourself into oh yeah like maybe he's getting half the Christian McCaffrey role and then one of these other clowns is going to get 14 touches and give me flex value no if if you're committing if they're committing to Christian McCaffrey I'm not committing to any other secondary back here between Mitchell and Mason behind McCaffrey and it must be an M thing I just noticed that they're all M last names in this backfield yep. I prefer Mitchell to Mason, but that's not with a ton of confidence here. I would have them ranked right in that 25 to 30 range, both of them. Yep. If McCaffrey were to sit, that's right there with the Pittsburgh backs, right there with the Baltimore backs. It's in that committee dead zone where it's like, I don't feel great about starting any of them, but you kind of got to entertain the idea of playing all of them. That's exactly the range that I was sort of considering for both Mitchell and Mason is like, I'm probably going to have them back to back. And like yep. RB26 and RB27 is the way that I'll probably rank these guys unless we get definitive clarity so this is a situation pfnfantasy.com you're going to want to check out there sunday morning we're going to have you covered as far as the latest information and what you need to know and then of course the youtube live streams here to get that latest injury information alexander madison we talked about him a little bit earlier here tough matchup are you looking alexander madison's way as a top 20 option here up against the san francisco 49ers i am he's got 100 touches this year the role is there and without justin jefferson they need to focus on the run game a little bit more and he gets a few more dump offs Chris, or Christian Kirk. Kirk Cousins ADOT has come way down since Jefferson got hurt. That puts Madison in a favorable spot to rack up those cheap catches, which, albeit cheap, there's still fantasy points. I'll count the same. There's some touchdown equity there. He lacks upside, so he's kind of in the Rashad White bucket for me, but to me, that's that's in fantasy lineups. I uh, I will give us, like, I if, if we get things wrong, we are certainly going to point them out and we are going to take our lumps. We get things wrong. It's the way that we, all fantasy analysts, every, no fantasy analyst is going to get 100% 100 100 of things correct. However, I will give us props here. 
pointing out Alexander Madison as a buy after mm-hmm. week two, where he went up against the Philadelphia Eagles defense and got uh, 11 touches. We were like, no, this guy is still going to be the guy. And especially after the Cam Akers trade, everyone was panicking on Alexander Madison. We said, right. go buy him. He's finished outside the top 24 running backs for fantasy football just once so far this year. And that was that game up against the Philadelphia Eagles defense with the backup offensive you know, line in front of him that they were just like, we're not going to even attempt to run this football. He's been great. He's been great. A top 24 running back all but one game so far this season. I'm still looking his way here, even in a tough matchup up against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, at the wide receiver position, Debo Samuel still banged up here. It looks like he could play this week, but that is a situation where you're going to need to come back on Sunday and, of course, be glued to PFMFantasy.com for the latest injury updates on Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk got the target volume here this past week. It did not equate to a top-tier performance, but in a great matchup, Brandon Ayuk, a top-15 play for you? Yeah. Yeah, and that can only climb if Debo's ruled out. I've got him at 11 right now, and I I would consider potentially putting him over Mike Evans for 10 if Debo were to be ruled out. And that the Debo conversation is one worth having, but I'm not sure we can really solve this here. We've seen him play and be a decoy. Right. So the idea that that could happen on Monday night has me, from a strategic standpoint, dipping a little further in the ranks, whereas I'm willing to go... With like a Rasheed Rice, like if you want to go that avenue, if we don't have clarity, understanding that A, he might be inactive, B, he could be active and uninvolved. So there is exponential concern here with Debo, even if he's active. So I'm I'm kind of trying to make an excuse to bench him if I can get there, depending on my roster. All right. The Minnesota Vikings wide receivers here. What are we doing with Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne? How are we viewing these guys? I've got Addison, the highest of the two right now at wide receiver 29. I do think he's going to take over this lead role, and he was the target of Cousins' first pass last week, the first game, obviously, without Justin Jefferson. So that that's encouraging. But he all season, whether it was for the wide receiver two role or the current wide receiver one role, he hasn't really been able to out-earn K.J. Osborne on any kind of consistent basis. That worries me for the floor. I do think the ceiling is higher when it comes to Addison. I do think if if we're projecting things that he will be the target leader in this offense so I'm starting him as a flex option that carries risk and reward all right and then at the tight end position here George Kittle TJ Hawkinson we know that the floor is super low for George Kittle but you've got to play him week in and week out because this is what you signed up for when you drafted him Uh, and then TJ Hawkinson of course just a locked in option here for starting lineups all right 49ers minus seven in this one where are you going yeah, I get the team that I think is the best in the NFL playing Kirk Cousins on primetime. I'll lay the points and be okay <laughs> doing it. Yep, uh, that is the way that I'm viewing this as well. That is, We didn't even build that into our analysis of Kirk Cousins here. At quarterback 15 on the week for me, but this is a primetime game, and sure is. you do not play Kirk Cousins in primetime. Uh, I will go the 49ers here as well. All right, that'll do it here. Every single player, every single game on this slate, obviously getting out here a little bit earlier than we normally do. Thanks to six teams being on by Kyle, anything here to let the people know about that we didn't cover with YouTube live streams, PFN fantasy, everything like that. What do people need to know about here going into this week? No, and I think the YouTube live stream on Sunday is kind of an underused tool here. I mean, you guys ask us questions all week on Twitter and we get to what we can. But if you want real life instant analysis, right as you know, the injury reports coming out, you have to make these final decisions. So come join us. The water's fine. It's good to have company in there. And if your question doesn't get answered, because we've got a bunch of them, maybe you can learn from other questions, learn where we stand going into the final thing, where we rank players on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or even a Friday morning is great. But at the end of the day, where we put them on Sunday afternoon is what matters most. So come, come check us out. We'll be happy to help you in that spot. Absolutely. YouTube.com slash PFN fantasy. And of course, PFN fantasy.com for all the latest news that you need to know that has links to our start set optimizer, our trade analyzer, the news tracker, everything that you need to know. We are setting you up for success here to dominate your fantasy football league this season at PFN fantasy. All right, that'll do it for Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.